bevels look song like starts right now welcome back to asinine radio a weekly podcast where we talk about music and well that's pretty much it so uh let's go This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into our fearless beer review. We get into our uh, vinyl pickups, stuff we've been listening to on the vinyl. Uh, that leads into the songs of the week. And then we wrap it up with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler. And way out there hundreds of miles away is Jeff. And uh, while you're listening, <laughs> while you're listening, <laughs> sorry, while you're listening, please go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and... Um, Give us five stars. Please give us five stars on there. That would be awesome to all your friends because we are the best. And that's all I got for the boring intro that I fucked up on because I left. Got the teehees um, there, don't you? I got, I got a case of the teehees. So uh, let's uh, let's get into our Fearless Beer Review. What do you got today, Jeff? Go. I got another Lost Coast. This is the last Lost Coast um, that I have here. Remember last week that I had the Lost Coast? It was yes. some double IPA that was fucking disgusting. I drain poured that shit. Three more of them, unfortunately. But this is a hazy. This is this is Lost Coast Hazy IPA. Okay, it's not, it's not even a name. It's just called Lost Coast Hazy IPA, which I like. I like when breweries just kind of, you know, basic thing like that. I don't mind. You it. like the simple things. Yes, exactly. Uh, this is six point seven percent. It's getting pretty high reviews there on Beer Advocate, so I'm a little bit uh, a little bit nervous because their other one got pretty high reviews there on Beer Advocate and Untapped. Tastes like shit, and it was fucking <laughs> disgusting. So. I don't know. So we'll see. 38 IBUs, if anybody was wondering. I'm mm-hmm. sure everybody was. Yes, I was wondering, for yeah. sure. Good, good, good. Uh, and it was a double IPA last week, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, and mine was that hazy, that sculpin hazy. Drain pour as well. It was yeah. terrible. It was not good. It was so bad. It was rough. Ugh. But now they don't, it's like, they have that bullshit, and they go into the store, and they have like six packs of that that hazy sculpin, but then they don't have like the pineapple sculpin anymore. Um, or the other like flavored sculpins, which are really really good, but they have this shitty ass hazy. What about the grapefruit sculpin? You like the grapefruit sculpin? Yeah, that shit's good. Okay. Pineapple grapefruit sculpin, so good. So fruity. Um, so I don't know. So um, I have something I've had many many times before, and it's a Coors Light, because where I'm living right now, there aren't there isn't a big selection of um, places to go. Um, and places to pick up beer from. So I'm stuck with Coors Light. And I've kind of been drinking all day. I've been swimming, been in the pool. So been drinking babies, living the dream. This is living, living the dream while I can. Um, so yeah, so I got a Coors Light, 4.2%. And uh, of course on Beer Advocate, which we'll get into, it uh, has pretty low rankings. Two, two out of five stars on, on Beer Advocate. Come on, guys. But, um, but yeah, so let's uh, let, let's start drinking. You ready to go? Yeah, no, I'm I'm here. I go. I'm ready to tink. Here we go. There we go. I'll double tink. That's all right. Ooh man, nope. <sighs> that's a beer. Did you yeah. say nope? Yeah, because <laughs> this this tastes just like the fucking double IPA. It's just ha- a hazy version and not as aggressive in the hops, but I can still taste that 
That fucking disgustingness. <laughs> Man, what the hell, dude? Like, Great White is just... It's perfect. It's amazing. I love it so it's much. Great How could they do that and then also just fuck this up? And like, to fuck a hazy up... Come on, dude. It's, just, it's hard to do. Dude, it's hard some, to like, do. fucking citrus in there. Call it a day. Who cares? Except mango. Don't throw mango in there. That never works. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so you so you hate this. You absolutely hate this. I'll drink uh, it. I'll drink all three. Mm-hmm. Because we, we, we bought a six-pack together, so I have three and he had three. Friend of the pod, Sloan. Um, I'll drink my three. I'll probably bring one in the neighbor's house, and then they can try it. I like bringing beers over there. Um, but I'll, I'll drink this one, and I'll drink the other one at some point. When we're low on beer, um, but I don't like this. No, this is a one, a solid one for sure. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so we have our world famous three point rating system where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer, beer you're going to continue to drink, one is a bad beer, but give it a shot, and zero is a drain pour. So you give this a one out of three, you oh, never yeah. go back to it. No. All right, my um, my my core is light with no lime. By the way, no lime, of course, because oh. I'm not a a savage like you. Um, I mean, it's Coors Light. You've had Coors Light. It, people either hate it or they just drink it, and it's fine. Like there, there's nobody, there, there's nobody else that likes Coors Light like that. You know what I mean? So it's it's just it's a good light beer. It's a good solid light beer. I give this a two out of three um, because I always go back to it. this. Is like this and Budweiser are my my go to, you know, everyday beers. That, this, this is what I go for. So, yeah, Curse Light, two out of three. Um, did Raul leave a review for? Your, for uh, he your did hazy? not. He did not. All right. So Raul did leave one for Curse Light. So, <laughs> oh God, here we go. <laughs> well, I, I do want to say, I do want to say, first, the the guy who owns Beer Advocate, Todd, whoever, he um, he reviewed this. He reviewed viewed Coors Light in May two thousand one. So 22 years ago, he reviewed this on Beer Advocate. Damn, look but at I'm that. not going to read it. And But he rated it a 1.77 out of 5. It's probably all douchey too anyway. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It, it's one of those things where he breaks it down to presentation, appearance, smell, taste. <laughs> Bro, calm down. <laughs> it's so annoying. Um, but even Raul's review is uh, is pretty, pretty lengthy. So uh, he gave it a 2.57 out of 5, which is average for this kind of beer. Or for Coors Lights. Uh, this is what he said. And just like that, Raul is back in hell. Blondie Saloon in Orange, California. I cannot comment on appearance because I'm sucking this one back like John Wayne at his local watering hole. That being said, Raul has seen his fair share of Coors Light poured out into a pine glass. And he reckons it looks something similar to camel urine after its fill of water at the local lo- local oasis. Aroma and taste is more mute than Helen Keller. Like none of your great gram <laughs> grandmama when she was on life support. This dang sucker is basically dead. Feel is lighter than water. I'm sure Moses would have had ease partying it. All this time all this being said, what's good about this beer is that it isn't foul in any way, which isn't great, but it's better than popping a liquid rust tasting malt liquor. Peace. And he wrote that in October of twenty nineteen. So <laughs> that was a long one, yeah. That's funny. Cause oh. Like the, the Helen Keller thing is is what's funny because I I again I don't oh, know you hate Helen Keller. that much, but like dude, there's no fucking way that's a real story. There's no way that story that I was told as a child, where somebody came out like deaf, dumb, and blind and learned to do stuff. There's just no fucking way. I don't believe it. There's no way. There's no fucking way. 
I, yeah, yeah. There's no way. I, I don't think she was born that way, though. I've corrected I think, if I'm I wrong, think, anybody out there, I'm sure there's somebody out there who's a Helen Keller buff, but there's no fucking way. <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't buy it. I think I think she went deaf, dumb, and blind at like three or four years old. I don't think she was born with it. Oh man. Oh, even that early. Uh, I did she like graduate uh, college and shit? And yeah, she's a political activist. Um, that's how she's described. I just there's no way. There's no fucking way. I haven't thought about that in years. <laughs> I always think about it. Anytime she, her name is brought up, I immediately think of you because you get so mad. I've been so mad since high school. I never bought into it. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, person, there's no, there's no fucking way. I would love to be proved wrong because that would absolutely blow my mind. That would be the most mind blowing thing that could possibly ever happen to me because I <laughs> thought the story was bullshit since I was like 15 years old. Okay. Oh, wait, no, this is... Oh, I read this wrong. So, at age 19 months old, Keller contracted essentially meningitis, um, which made her deaf and blind. So, but she was still able to communicate with with somebody, but essentially a a year and a half. Bullshit. A year and a half old. No, 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 fuck that. (laughs) What does the dumb come into? Like, if you're deaf, dumb, and blind, what does the dumb mean? I mean, I guess just because you you can't hear or see that that automatically makes you dumb. I don't know. Is that just like putting someone down who's just deaf and blind? Like, is that? I think so. I I think I think that's a an outdated an outdated thing to say. Well, we're probably we might get canceled for saying that. But I mean, I don't. I'm just generally curious. (laughs) It's just something we've always said, right? So so it says here um, at that time. So so she a year and a half, whatever. Um, she what went was deaf this? and blind, and then it said at the time Keller was able to communicate somewhat with Martha Washington, who was two years older and the daughter of the family cook, and understood the girl's signs. By the age of seven, Keller had more than 80, 80 home signs to communicate with her family and could distinguish people by the vibration of their footsteps. Eh, Bro, come on! <laughs> I don't come believe that. On. <laughs> Where are you reading this from? I hope it's not Wikipedia. It's Wikipedia. I'm yeah. not donating anymore <laughs> for this. This is bullshit. Fuck <laughs> out of here. She's not a dinosaur. Fuck bullshit, dude. She's yeah. me at 19 months old. You're a year and a half. A year and a half. I've 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 seen kids that are a year and a half. They're stupid. They're incredibly stupid. <laughs> this is way back when. This is like year, decades ago. Dude. There's no way. Fuck out of here. Bullshit. Don't believe it. Don't believe oh, it for a man. second. I mean, there might be more to it. Maybe I, I don't know. I I. I've never taken a deep dive into Helen Keller because I just don't care. And I've always kind of thought the story was bullshit too. But um. <laughs> the only way you'd be able to like communicate anything is if, is if like you are hungry. If somebody shoved like something in your mouth, then you would now know that when you're hungry, you would like point to your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I get it. One, if you're thirsty, same thing, point to your mouth. Two, you're telling me there's 78 more things. Like if she shit herself, then she would just do it. And then magically to her, it would just get cleaned up. And she doesn't know if it's a person. She, she doesn't know what a person is. She doesn't know what God yeah, is. True. She knows nothing. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm not even going to go into it. Let's move on because it could be an entire podcast of how much fucking bullshit <laughs> I think this is. And she lived to be 88 years old. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I do want to hear if... Uh, maybe Skip knows more about Helen Keller. I don't know. Where's she from? Anyway, Alabama. Oh, probably not then. 
The Alabamans. Alabamans. Right. Is that a thing? I don't think that's. I don't even think that's a thing. That is Alabamans. Now. That is now. We've made it a thing. Like Britlanders. Made it a thing, baby. <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on. Let's yes. move on. Or yeah, because Raul didn't leave a review for you. Um, and no more Helen Keller. So let's get into the vinyl stuff, stuff we've been listening to, stuff we picked up possibly, and that leads into our songs of the week. And if anybody listening wants to hear these songs, check the description in this episode because I'll put a link in there to the Spotify playlist because we are no longer allowed to play music on the podcast because we will get in trouble and Spotify and Universal Music Group are the fucking worst. So Spotify what do you got, Jeff? Bitch. Go. I just have I just have one thing. It's been a busy week for me, which is rare. Um, but I just have one thing. Which it's it's something I got from Vinyl Me Please. <laughs> I'm really not that busy ever, except for this past week. Um, which we'll get into a different Before, time. Yeah, but, we'll talk about it at a later time. Exciting stuff. Um, but uh, uh, this this guy Mad Lib, he's he's a DJ. He's a he's a he's just a hip hop artist. But his album Shades of Blue, which is uh, it's essentially a remix album. So so Mad Lib was allowed to go to Blue Note Records and then. Pretty much. Wait. Oh! Jesus. What? Oh. There it is. There's so Madeline the was one. allowed to go to Blue Note Records <laughs> and then pick through their archives of, of all all things jazz. Anything ever released through Blue Note, he was allowed in there and essentially remixed it all. And he put together an album. It's like an hour long. And there's very, very, very minimal rapping on here, which is what like really draws me to this. There's only one song that actually has a lot of rapping. Otherwise, it's kind of just like spoken word stuff over the jazz thing. But there's a lot of like hip hop here. So it's it's as if like Tribe went in there and did a 2000s era remix jazz rap album because it's it's more contemporary than like Low End Theory was. Mm -hmm. And this is heavy, heavy jazz. Low End Theory is like heavy hip hop that incorporates jazz. This is like jazz that incorporates hip hop. This album is fucking unreal. It is unbelievable. <laughs> it was really, it is really it? good. I listened to the first five tracks. Okay. And uh, it was, it was really good. I don't know. I don't know if I get it on vinyl. I really don't know if I would. Um, not to say it's bad by any means, but I don't know how often I would go back to it. It's not a novelty thing. It's, it's really neat. It really, really is neat. But this yeah, is, this I, I don't is know. Like I, definitely... I wouldn't get it on the vinyls. Outside of like the big nostalgic, you know, BC Boys, RTJ, things like that, this is like one of my favorite hip hop albums. And I never even heard it until uh, Vinyl Me Please sent it to me. And obviously, Vinyl Me Please, they do amazing pressings. It sounds fantastic. It's super mm. quiet. Dude, this is, this is solid. I was, <laughs> I was blown away. I was fucking blown away by this. I could not believe this existed. I had never heard it. Because I have Mad Villainy, right? By Mad Lib and uh, MF Doom. And yeah. that's. It's fine. That's okay. It's good. It's solid. I wouldn't say it's like as great. I never thought MF Doom was as great as people thought he was when he died. Like he's mm-hmm. good, solid stuff. Really, really great hip hop. But dude, this is this is something. This is else. good. This is fantastic. This yeah. is uh, this should be up there in like fucking top one hundred hip hop albums of all time. Top fifty even. Well, it's. No one's really? ever done something like 50? this. This know. is incredible. This is it is incredible. Cool, yeah, and these songs bleed together. Like it's not just he's he's choosing. I mean, you can just go into the, each individual song, right? Like we're not jazz heads, but you can go into each individual song and see okay, what is the artist he's sampling here, what song is he sampling, and I don't really know a lot about like the jazz realm, but is he keeping up with like the 
I don't know, the notations and the timing structures and he's keeping the original feeling. That's a whole another ball game that if he is doing that stuff, I mean, this could be like, this could be like top 10. This is, <laughs> this is unreal. I, I, I cannot believe I've never heard this before. That's, it's embarrassing. Yeah, I'd never heard of it either, you know. And what what year did this did he do this again? It's two thousand three. This is before Mad Villainy. Yeah. Damn. It's good though. It's good stuff. Okay. Well, check and it, it was out. it was Maybe part of that it was part there. of the they record th- the eight record thing you got from VMP, right? No, this was just a, a, a monthly release. This was one of oh, their their hip hop okay. releases. Is this still on VMP, or is it sold out? No, it's still on there. Now, now you're making me want to go back and listen to it again. Now, now Dude, you're hyping it up good. so much. It's so good. Uh, it's frustrating because it is good, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I could listen to it over and over again on the vinyls. But I mean, anyway. if you can listen to jazz over and over again, you can listen to this over and over again. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think the I think the idea then is I don't want to drop thirty five forty bucks on a record. That's true. <laughs> I never spend that much on jazz records. That's so. true. Well, you spent that spend much that on the Coltrane record. That was like fifty bucks. That no, you're right. I okay. I I stand corrected. I stand corrected. Damn, that's a good that. record. That is a fucking good record. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, you got anything else on that? Yeah. The vinyls. Nope. That, nope. Yeah, just just the one. That's it. Just the one. All right. I got three things here. Uh, we'll start with Rancid, and out come the wolves. Third record. From what year was that? 1995. 1995. Um, I mean, we literally just did Rancid last week. We talked about this record. This, To me, this is like their breakthrough record, their most successful one. Uh, Time Bomb and Ruby Soho are arguably their biggest songs. And I still love Time Bomb. We love to sing it. <laughs> I think we'll always love singing that song and singing it incorrectly with the wrong that's, lyrics. That's the only reason why like it's an acceptable <laughs> song. That's what makes it more fun. It's like singing the gangsters and thugs but you do it with diamonds and guns. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that was so I, I still think about that and and every like every other day the wrong version of gangsters and thugs will pop up in my head and I'll sing it as diamonds and guns. <laughs> and the and the part the part some of my friends are diamonds some of my friends are guns that's the best part it's so (laughs) so fucking stupid stupid. it's so beyond stupid (laughs) oh my god and then just imagining them sitting because the the music video is what makes it like horrible right like the diamonds and guns music video it's so dumb and they're sitting at that table right trying to act all hard act all gangster that's what (laughs) that's what makes it funny because i imagine them singing like that (laughs) but anyway yeah and out come the wolves this is a if you guys don't remember us talking about it last week, it's it's like they're this is like when they started to go more a little bit more pop. Um, they added a little bit more reggae to their sound, uh, and this is like full blown Tim Armstrong accent going on this album. But it's still fucking solid. It still hits hard. Um, there's a lot of good punk stuff on here with a lot of pretty good melodies too. So it's a great record. Uh, I picked up this record and then my next one. From a record store, a new record store I'd, I'd never been to called DBZ Records in Corona. DBZ and um, yeah, DBZ and Dark, it's Dark it's like Z. a it's like a hybrid it's a hybrid like bookstore and um, record store, and they sell a ton of uh, manga and just a lot of that stuff, and it's all based around Dragon Ball Z. Hence, oh, DBZ. it is, it is yeah. Dragon Ball Z yeah. records. So when you go in there, there's like like you know big cutouts of Goku and, and that's fucking cool. And stuff I like that. that. That's dope. Yeah, it's pretty I like rad. That. 
it's pretty rad. So you walk in and then it's all the manga and books and then you walk deeper into the store and then it's all the records. And like right when I walk in, she's like, oh, what are you looking for? And I said, I'm looking for records. And then she like walked me back there and she's like, this is where, this is this section. This is where all this stuff is. She, they're super, super cool. Very, very nice. And very, very helpful. And honestly, this place had a really good selection of records, like new and used. Um, so, I mean, anybody who's ever in the area, Corona, um, just stop in there. I mean, it's not the biggest selection, but it's good for what, for how, for the size. It's a really, really good, good record store. Go check it out. There we go. Um, and then from there, I also got Pantera's Vulgar Display of Power, their sixth album from 1992. We did this record on the podcast oh, probably good. a year and a half ago. And um, yeah, Vulgar. I mean, this, this record is... Fucking it's fucking hostile. unreal man it's so it's so aggressive and heavy and i mean it's just i can't believe you know we did not had not gotten into pantera more prior to us doing them on the podcast because it, it makes a little bit of sense because everything but this record is either like shit or or okay right like cowboys from hell True, it's a good yeah. record but like it's yeah. not fucking vulgar display it's not vulgar yeah and everything after this was like there was songs here or there that were fantastic but overall eh. and, like the glam era like come on that was shit fun really shit. yeah yeah I mean, well except for that one glam record the the first one that phil anselmo was on yeah before they they switched their style that was, that was cool. a good record because he that showed that showed that he could actually sing and sing really really well yeah and, 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 and Dimebag was pretty much like cemented as that's his style now he wasn't trying yeah. to do the glam thing. He was doing, you know, the, like the groove metal thing, the thrash stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was good. But Vulgar Display of Power is uh, just an unreal record that never, never lets up. It's it's a punch in the face the uh, the entire time. And you know, I didn't, I don't know, if, I don't remember if we even talked about it on the episode, but the cover artwork, like at first, it looks cool, but then when you really look at it, the fist that the guy is making, it looks really bitch. Like I feel like people don't punch like that. Well, like I don't know. Really it, just, it, the guy. Really, it was. I it was I know fake. he didn't. And that's I why know, it but looks still fake. like because it's his. So like like in a punch, right? You you ideally want to like line up your entire forearm to your fist. His fist, like if, if you're extending your arm outward with your your hand clenched into a fist and the fist part pointing like horizontal to the ground, that's what mm-hmm. it looks like. But his wrist is like cocked downwards. Like his fist is almost like cocked yeah, downwards. Weird. That would break your fucking wrist if you hit somebody as hard as you could. <laughs> so that's yeah. a dumb, that, that clearly is just, it looks cool, like you said, at a glance. You look into it and it's like, eh, it's kind of bitch. Yeah, kind of a bitch, bitch hand. I mean a real BH. punch. Like, that would have yeah. been cool if it was a real fucking punch. Well, and then there was the rumor and Vinnie Paul even like kept up with the rumor that they paid some random dude 10 bucks and he got punched like 31 times or some yeah. shit like that. That's That's a cool rumor. It is. Should have kept it up. I know. I know. But it's some like model. Like the guy even has a name too. Like they even released the guy's name. (laughs) That's so pathetic. Uh, Anyway, Owen two. The last thing here I got from another record record store. I'm not gonna mention. I'm not gonna say the name of the record store or exactly where it's at. People just shit all over it. Because I'm gonna shit all over it. But um, yeah, the. It's the the record is uh Jungle Brugger, Jungle Bruggers oh. Jungle Brothers and their record Straight Out the Jungle from 1988 their first record this is part of the Native Tongues collective from New York you know with De La Soul Queen Latifah Tribe 
forgot the other one too. There's another group. But anyway, so it was, it was this whole collective and Q-Tip is on one of the songs. And this is just like perfect golden era hip hop. I mean, that, that's what it is with some conscious hip hop thrown in there. But it's really just the golden era, and it's it's fuck it's fucking great. I love it. It's it's very there's a it's very dub influenced, very very dub influenced. I, so I really like that. There's some funk elements here and there, um, and it's just kind of I like it because not every song sounds the same. There, there there's a lot of differences between all the songs, and it's a great record. Honestly, yeah. great great record. Yeah, but um, fantastic to, record. It it really like started all of it. I mean, there wouldn't be like. There wouldn't be a Tribe Called Quest if it wasn't for this album, these guys. Yeah, yeah. It was recorded in 1987, right? This is like, I don't know. It's when we were born. 35 years old. <laughs> I know. 36, Crazy. but that's fine. Oh, um, yeah, we're 36. <laughs> <laughs> but what's so cool is that you can hear that conscious hip-hop in the songs. Like, you could you could hear this is like a transition, a transitional record into that, that style of, of hip-hop. I think this is a, a wildly important record for hip hop. I, I mean, at least I don't know. I'm not an expert on hip hop, but it feels like this is one of those records. This is the start of conscious hip hop, essentially. Like this record specifically, the Jungle Brothers. The Jungle Brothers were the one that that like got everybody together in that collective to create like the native tongues. And we went over in the Tribe Called Quest album. Like everybody was going in because they all wanted to rap with the Jungle Brothers. It turns out like Tribe was eventually better than the Jungle Brothers. And yeah. like Queen Latifah did a lot of really, really good hip-hop stuff in the 80s. But like the Jungle Brothers, they were there for them, right? The recording studio was the Jungle Brothers paying for the recording studio, calling Q-Tip, calling Queen Latifah, calling these people, okay, come rap on a song. Let's see what happens. And that's how the whole like, collective formed. It's so rad. So it is very, very important to like the hip-hop, I don't know, history. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have this on, on the vinyls? Yeah, I bought this like when we first started. I kept telling Did you, you get this it. on at VMP or no, no? I bought this at Nichols. Um, somebody had, had <laughs> somebody had, had traded it in and it was used, and I was like, "Oh, yoink, easy buy." <laughs> Actually, I bought this the same day I bought uh, "When in Rome" by the Vandals. Oh, okay, all right. So, what, what pressing do you have? What year? Like early nineties or no? Not probably, probably the same one you do. It's because mine's late, the twenty twenty two. Oh no, not not that, not that late. It's probably like 2017ish. Oh okay, okay. Yeah, yeah mine was the 2022. But it's good. It's a great record. Um, so go check out the 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 songs uh, in the playlist in the in the description. And I and, and real quick, the record store I bought this from. I, I do want to talk a little bit of shit because I walk in. The guy's really nice. Don't get me wrong. He's very very nice. But he walks in and he's like, and they sell a lot of CDs there. And he's like, what are you looking for? And I said, oh, I'm looking for records. And he's like, okay, well, go down that hall and to the right. And it's just, the whole the setup was really weird. That? It was like, because it was like, it wasn't like a, just an open area. It was it was offices. So so essentially his, his suite was four different offices. So you walk into one, into the one office, and then it's just, it's all CDs. And then to the right is another office, and that's like his own personal area. And then you walk straight down from where you walk in, and then that's like where the little cash register is with more CDs. And then to the right, there's a very small office, and that's where all the records are. And and I walked in, and there's no there's no music playing, there's no speakers. Fucking weird, dude. There's no speakers anywhere. It's me and some other guy that are, are in there, 
and my stomach's like just going crazy because I was hungry. So I, like my stomach was like groaning and I could hear it. And the guy was laughing. He's like, are you hungry or something? And it was just like, it was weird. Um, God, the selection. I would, be, I would just be annoyed. Like, yeah, I'm hungry. You can hear it because you're sort of <laughs> fucking awkward. It's like going to a church, dude. Turn some music on. Creep. It, it was, it was so, it was so weird. And then, um, and then, yeah, their selection kind of, it was, eh, it wasn't great. And he, it was a place where the guy puts like, a lot of things are first pressings when they aren't and that really annoyed me and the thing that annoyed me the most was how he he everything was sectioned off or not sectioned off but everything was uh categorized yeah and so it was like it would be 80s it would just say 80s and then the next section would say 80s radio and then the next section was legends (laughs) it's like what the fuck are you doing and then there's outside of that there are no like markers that say like where the A's, B's, C's, or whatever start. So it's just, you're just kind of just going through it. I mean, which isn't terrible because like Glass House does that. But just the combination of it all was really, stupid. really frustrating. Um, extremely frustrating. Stupid. And, it's stupid. But I did find this Jungle Brothers record there. So, and it was literally one of the, the last records I, I've, I found. Like when I was, go- it was the last section. The hip hop was the last thing I looked through. <laughs> so I found it at the used? very end. It's it's technically used. It oh, was it was it was opened. Yeah, so you get a little cheaper. Yeah, and and the guy yeah. didn't charge me tax. He's like, if you have cash or if you pay me via Venmo, um, I won't charge you tax. So I'm like, okay. Damn, just he Venmo. just straight said that. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, if you do Venmo or Zelle, if you do Venmo or Zelle, just uh, just just send it. I'm like, okay, cool. So I Venmoed him. Ballsy. <laughs> it saved me like four dollars. So. No, I, I get why he did it. It's just like you could lose your license for doing that and to mm-hmm. a complete stranger. Like if you're doing it to like regulars, like when I go to various record stores, I won't mention any names, but when I go to mm-hmm. various record stores, I bring cash because I know they're not going to charge me tax because I know they're pocketing the money. Yes. But like that's me who they know I've been around. They know who I am. Like I, I don't know. Asking like a complete stranger is ballsy. And, and, he, and he did it to the other guy too. <laughs> the guy that because me and the other just guy posted on the door like, then what just post it on the door then if you have cash I know, I won't right? charge you tax like come on dude <laughs> you trying to lose your license uh it's so good but anyway oh and that record store that's stupid that's yeah stupid yeah it was uh it, it sucked and it was like it was really the location was really weird too um like normally record stores are they they have like a storefront or they're like in like a uh, um like a strip mall or something like that you know like you could see it from the street yeah this one was tucked away like really tucked away like in this industrial park and there's no signage so you just kind of had to know the suite number and um it was just really i mean there was signage like on the window but the windows are tinted so like you can't see it unless like you're right up on the on the window so weird. and um yeah, dude, it was it was we and it's like I said, super tucked away in this industrial area, and uh, and nobody else is you know it's it was the weekend so nobody's working, and so these parking lots are completely empty, and it was just it was weird. It was a really weird thing. Fuck that, pass. Yeah, so I will never go there again. So that's my story. That is my story. Okay. So let's move on yeah. to uh, some some new music and other happenings in the music world. Um, some new albums that came out this week 
Queens of the Stone Age put out a new one called In Times New Roman. Did you listen to this? I did. Okay. I like this. I, this it reminded me a lot of uh, Like Clockwork, which I do like that Queens record a lot. It reminded me a lot of that. And uh, I, I dug it. What'd you think? No. I don't like it at all. <laughs> this uh, this album is a compilation of everything that I don't like about Queens of the Stone Age. And this really? is like I have two of their albums, and and I fucking love them. But this this thing, right? Like, so like Queens of the Stone Age, their sound that that downstroked, <laughs> you know, like the like the mm-hmm. toggle switch rhythm is down, and they drop into the flip it up to the treble, and they all drop in at the same time. Like that's Queens of the Stone Age sounding. That's fine. This just took the worst parts of it. I really just I. This you is just thought I, it was boring or what? This is why I hated Queens of the Stone Age for so long. Is because this sound is just, there's nothing here. It's so fucking generic. There's nothing about this that like stands out as like, oh, wow, I want to go buy this album. This is just generic shit. <laughs> like compared to Songs for the Deaf, like conceptually, compared to their first mm-hmm. album, musically, come on. Yeah, I okay. I, I, I understand. Nah. There are definitely moments in Queen's career where I thought are just kind of boring. Just kind of boring. I did like this record. I don't know. I mean, I'll buy it on vinyl if it was cheap enough, but I'm not going to go out of my way and buy it like I did Avenged or whatever, you know? Not going to go out of my way for it. But it was, it was, it really just, it wasn't bad. And John Theodore on drums, it's just, it's nice seeing, it's nice hearing John play drums again, you know? So, yeah. Anyway, Killer Mike put out a new solo record. It seemed like it was a surprise drop. I'm not really sure. Um, it's called Michael. And, I I really liked it. Um, it's a lot more gospel driven than I was expecting, and he doesn't do it. He, the songs don't stand out as much as they do on on with Run the Jewels, but I think that's more of L, because of LP's production style. Because um, I think LP only worked on one, maybe two songs on this record. Yeah, one song. Yeah, so uh, it it was good. I'm not gonna go out and buy it or anything like that, but it was a, it was a good listen through. What'd you think of it? So one, it's 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 Killer Mike, so it's going to be good. Yeah, like you said, the production's not quite there. It's still really good. But what I liked about this is how how trap driven it was, but how how much better he is at it than I, I, I shouldn't <laughs> than say everybody better, else because it's a different it's no, a different he, type yeah, of trap. He's, he's better. Just say it. I mean, like uh, trap started in, in Atlanta and Georgia. Like that was that's trap's birthplace. Yeah, and so I like I like that it's going into a different direction now. But he does that fucking sound, dude. Like he brings it back to like OG trap, and then also incorporates. You hear people like like young, anybody young. I think it's Young Thug is a guy. Mm. Lil Uzi okay. Vert, like these 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 new trap artists. I think they're all from the south too. But I, I just probably, and it makes it sound kind of old and like oh well he does it better. It's just a different type of trap, which I I I like how. Hip hop can go in different directions. Even if I don't like it, there's still things that I do like about the new era of trap. But it, it's still fun to hear him kind of like bring it home, you know, yeah. like like an OG kind of like a grandfather coming in. Like, don't forget, like respect your elders. <laughs> Listen to this. Listen like, to this. I, I like am the best. This. Yeah. God, the Killer best. Mike. Yeah. Killer yeah. Mike really is the the best rapper I think of all time. <laughs> Come on, calm down, Tiger. Take it easy. I mean, Re- seriously relax. though. Come relax. on, relax. You're just you're see, you well, and Shady get go. get stuck in your ways. You and Shady get stuck in your ways yeah. with all these old bands with these certain records. It's just like it's okay. It's okay to say that somebody newer or kind of newer, Killer Mike's is up there the for best. sure. He's top ten, absolutely. He's top one. 
to be I, fair, what? like, so on, on two sides <laughs> of the coin here, to be fair, like, A, a lot of, like, what people think are the greatest rappers of all time, I don't think you've listened to, like, a lot of their discography. Or like, like who? Really, I mean, obviously like Eminem Nas. is up there. I know you don't like Nas. No, not, no Nas is fantastic. But Nas like, you is fantastic. I, you don't even like fucking uh, Illmatic. I know you don't like Illmatic. I, yes, I do. That's a great fucking record. You don't fucking... I, I yes, I do. teeth right now. I yeah, swear to God, Illmatic right is a killer fucking record. It is. Jay-Z also. One of, I mean, Jay-Z is up there as one of the greatest rappers of all time. Jay-Z's top three. Yeah, absolutely. I think Jay-Z, Kanye, and Chuck D, top three. Kanye as a rapper, though, I yes. don't know. As a rapper, uh, Kanye's unique. I disagree with you on that. He is unique. Jay-Z's but I've got some uh, fucking amazing. Just his career, dude, has gone from like what, like amazing underground hip hop to just complex, complex stuff that no one else has done. And then Chuck D, like, come on, dude. Yeah, Chuck D, you can't fuck with Chuck. Come D. on, like he's well, the greatest him and, of all him time. and Ice Cube have the most, uh, you know, commanding voices in hip hop. Nobody matches up with either of them. Like the, difference, the difference between Ice Cube and, and, and Chuck D is, is they both, like, just when they talk, right, they both just sound angry. Yeah. The difference is, 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 like, Ice Cube sounds like he wants to, like, beat the shit out of you, whereas <laughs> Chuck D wants you to understand, like, where he's yeah. coming from, and he wants you to do better. Like he a wants dad. you to learn something. Yeah. Like, Ice Cube was, like, a big brother, and Chuck D's, like, a dad. Yeah. That's, okay, that's, that's, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. But see, the, 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 thing with, the thing with Chuck D and Ice Cube is they're one-trick ponies. They only do one thing. Killer Mike and Jay-Z are very versatile rappers. Very, very versatile. Well, Killer Mike didn't invent anything. He just does everything saying, else oh, great. Who cares? Who cares if he didn't invent it? I don't care. Well, then you're just, you're just rehashing crazy. old shit there. You're, just, you're pulling up no, stuff like, like <laughs> other people did. Like That's what I'm saying. Like Killer Mike does everybody else's style really, really good. He's like a cover artist, right? He's like no, me first in the Gimme no, Gimme. No, super, okay. super good. Well, that's But wrong, he's just dude. taking everybody else's style putting a no. like, little kind of unique twist on it. Even this new album like perfectly fucking encapsulates why I think he's not top five. Is if he doesn't why? have LP, he can't drive a record forward. Except but he just his like, iconic voice. Like everybody's got an iconic voice. Come on. Killer Mike is Come on. He, he's the best. He's, the he's best. not the well, best. At least, at least you said he was top, what did you say? A uh, top 10. Yeah, I said top 10, no doubt, for sure, 100%. His extracurriculars. Oh, he's be at least top five. Like if he's we threw extracurriculars in, I'd put him. I would. I might put him in top five. Extracurriculars being run the jewels. Extracurriculars being like his TV show where he challenged people to like only support black business for a day, a weekend. Oh well, a that week. that has nothing to do with. No, that has nothing to do with. That's it. why I called it extracurriculars. But you can't. But uh, <laughs> well, I literally no. called it extra. I know. I know. Extra. 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 <laughs> <laughs> extracurriculars makes me think like oh just collaborating with another artist or something oh no like that's that. part of his mainstay like the aye, reason why aye, killer aye. mike is even this big the reason why killer mike's even in the, the topic of conversation is because of what he did with killer or uh, run the jewels with run the jewels yeah what killer mike did with killer mike yeah yeah killer mike did with killer mike <laughs> for sure oh Extra. man i fucking love run the jewels god that's just that is a group that no matter when i listen to it i get so so hyped up you just you forget you forget far too often that in twenty five years from now, if Run the Jewels hold a place in time like the way you know nineties hip hop did, eighties hip hop did, late seventies hip hop did, then yes, we can have this conversation again. It's just far too soon to say that no. Killer Mike has had a lasting impact on hip hop the way the guys from the nineties did, eighties, late seventies. It's just too soon. 
I just I don't I don't agree with you on that. I just don't. I can't we, I can't get behind you on that. We don't know the trajectory of hip hop, and if anything, like Run the Jewels has been like detrimental. Well, we've also to seen we've also seen a, like a, a decline in exactly in because of Run the Jewels. So if anything, that's that's a knock against Killer Mike and Run the Jewels because they are the ones who are paving the way for the new generation, and you fucking hate the new generation. I do. I, th- I don't think it's good. I just don't think it's fucking. But like good. Chuck D paved the way for a new generation, and it became fucking great. Yeah, and that now and Killer it, Mike is paving the way for a new great. generation, and now it's shit. So maybe Killer That's Mike is not as great as leaders you think he oh is. Oh my god! But what don't you understand? If Chuck D, <laughs> Chuck D was a great leader, he paved the way he for a new generation. Run the Jewels would not exist without Chuck D. Agreed. Okay? Lil okay, Uzi Vert. We're not Vert, talking not, about that. Lil, hold on, hold on there, dude. Hold on there, dude. Hold it, reel it in there, dude. <laughs> Lil Uzi Vert would not exist without Killer Mike. That's what you're, that, you're that, happy that's about correct. that. Yeah. Who gives a yeah. fuck about Lil Uzi? You hate that shit. I do. I, do, I don't enjoy his. So music. Killer no, Mike is not is not is not doing anything for hip hop that you like. So to put him in the top three is fucking dumb. It's so stupid. No, because you can't. You you. He's want, not you progressing the genre in any way. You don't have to progress the, the genre. Like. You don't have if to you want to be the greatest, you do. You no, have you to. Don't. Yes, you fucking Bullshit. do. You do you're, not. you're fucking stupid. You do not. That's stupid talk. You are literally just speaking <laughs> stupid talk right now. If you want to be the greatest at what you do, you have to do better, and you have to make everybody else want to do better. You literally just watched a Michael Jordan doc where Michael Jordan made everybody else better because he was the best. That is why Jordan is the best, because he made everybody else better. If Killer Mike is not making everybody else better, then he's not the best fucking fact flat out straight up you cannot be the best <laughs> unless the people around you are also better because of you i mean it is that that comparison was good you might have i think you might have stumped me here with that michael jordan comparison I just, that's a fucking fact i i love killer mike love the what he's in. i have a lot of his albums fucking listen to everything love it but he's not the best because i think it's too early what do you have you just have the the four run the jewels and then the one the one solo record yeah, and honestly, that solo yeah. record, I like just the instrumental part a lot. It's really good, yeah. Like that whole other LP of just the instrumentals is really good. The one LP of just LP? Yeah. Yeah, the one. <laughs> exactly, God, exactly. so good, dude. I, but God, I, those, I agree. Those dude, two like, together are unreal. Oh, it's I, so fucking great. I think Run the Jewels 4 is one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time because time will yeah. tell, again, but like the pandemic was something that is so fucking unique to the past 50, 100 years and that record like perfectly captured like everybody's feelings about it. Like there was everything. And yeah. It was they it was really truly amazing. And then also like put their own personal spin on it. And it was dude, it's amazing. It is on it's an amazing record. Real. I mean it it's definitely up there with, you know, Eminem, you know, NWA, Dre, Wu Tang. You know, it, it it's it's one hundred percent up there. I agree. I, I think I think RTJ four top ten easy. I, I could you could make a case for top five all time, from a, from a group that just dropped it like a couple years ago. Yeah, it's nuts. It's it's remarkable, and normal and normally those kind of those amazing records are like debut records, maybe the sophomore record, not the fourth record in. <laughs> you know, after they've been a group and collaborating for ten over ten years, it's pretty oh, yeah. crazy. It's fucking nuts. But Killer Mike, top artist all, or hip hopper all the time. It's too early. I don't. I don't. Right now, I well, say no, but I leave. I leave room for maybe come back to me in twenty years. Let's see where hip hop is then, and then come back to me. And then I want to make a note of it. I'll make a. I'll put it on my calendar. Make a note. Put it on my calendar. Five hundred twenty-five, thirty-six, <laughs> eight, nine and a half. You couldn't get that one out, could you? I I could not. There's there's an infinite amount of numbers, and I, I said zero of them. 
That's true. Yeah, that was good. Oh, Solid. Okay. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to some new songs that were released this week. Uh, the first one comes from Bullets and Octane, our boys and bullets. Um, the song is called Time to Grow Up, and I liked it. It was, <laughs> it's something it's that they've never done. It was just, just like, like more of a pop song. It was yeah. good. It was cute. It was fine. It's not aggressive. It's not like super rock and roll. It's just like a good kind of pop rock song. I really, I really dug it. I really, really dug it. I don't I don't hate it because there's a large long history with bullets and and it'd be cool to see him again even if they do this I guess this yeah. pop punky I don't know what the fuck this even was but it was fine it was fun would, it was just never, fun I would never buy this vinyl I, I would only go to these shows that way they can close it out with with pirates or or something <laughs> they are playing at the observatory uh, the end of July oh, but they're opening say. up. They're opening up, opening up for a band called like Letter, like Letter Kill or something like that, and Gene is actually playing drums in that band, so he's singing with bullets and then playing drums with the headliner, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's, go go check it out. They they put out a video for it, and it was cool because it was it was in the video, it was him and and Brent who is the OG bass player who's like best friends with him. And in the vi- and the music video was just like showing old videos from like back in the early two thousands and mid two thousands and like all the crazy tours and the nostalgia hit on me was there because like everything in these videos was was when we were going you know at cha- all those shows at Chain Reaction you know and and when they toured with Avenge which I know you went to but I didn't go to but you know just like just watching these videos and seeing all the old band members. Cause like the whole point of the video was just like showing the old guys, the old band members, you know, like this is, it was just a fun time. It was just like a fun, like little nostalgic thing for them as well. And for, it was just cool. It was really, really neat. So yeah, it was, it there was, good. there was a lot of nostalgia with bullets because also like, don't forget that like, like I, I, I discovered them through you. So yeah. I went to a lot of their shows like with you but then that was also Renee's first like official like, show crazy. that she ever went to was that one at the Viper Room in L.A. Yeah. And that, that wasn't even them in their prime. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and dude, she still fucking remembers like it was yesterday. Like that was the first show like she ever went to. We got there late. They had already played or they already started playing. I was yeah. like, yeah, there's, there's Tyler and everybody. Let's go to the front. And, you know, the, your first show and the pa- the f- thing's packed. A bunch of people mm-hmm. in there. And, and I'm saying, yeah, let's go like push our way through the crowd and get to Tyler. She's like, no, no, you can't do that. I'm like, no, that's what you fucking do. Watch, here we go. And we did it. And <laughs> dude, she loved the entire thing of it. Yeah. So, it was so cool. There's a lot of nostalgia with there with them. There is. There is. That's so cool too. Cause that was like that was like what, twenty eleven or twenty twelve? That yeah. that Viper Room show. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, at that point they they had kind of like fallen off and they had gone through so many band members and it was like and that but that show at the viper room viper room was the reunion show of the classic lineup so that's why it was like extra special because three of the guys came back to the band just to play that one show and uh so that was really cool but damn dude bullets that first record the first two records man the first two records are fucking i do miss going to bullet shows that was like a a monthly thing yeah it was always like like we could always play at least every like once a month God damn, it was so much fun. And they would just like kind of hang out with it with you too. Like if you're just kind of chilling outside, you just, they'll just talk. I mean, they weren't like a big band or anything, but 
it was just it was fun. It was just so much fucking fun. God, they were they were so much more like like rock and roll persona than so many of the rock and roll bands that we saw though. Yeah. Like that's the, what we respected about them. They just looked fucking rock and roll. They did. And and you know, and and I said it when we did the Bullets episode uh, a while ago. Like had they, they were just they came around in the wrong time. Oh. Had they come around like in the late 80s, they they could have probably been on top of the world. Yeah. So it's fucking they're so cool they're so good <laughs> but uh l- let's move on um tenacious d they put out a cover or like a partial cover of the song wicked game from chris isaac and it's like a it's an acoustic thing and of course because tenacious d but it was fine what do you think fine. Of it? it's yeah i don't know I, Just do the whole song guys come on if i could like if i could uh what do you call it theorize I, I think a lot of this stuff is happening. Like this song is just whatever's. This is a completely throwaway song. I don't even listen to Chris Isaacs. So I don't know what his song or his version sounds like. But this you've sounds heard like, his version. Uh, maybe I don't fucking know. I could. Oh, I guarantee this. you've heard his his song. Oh, one hundred percent, you've heard it. Well, that's annoying. That that's annoying. That even I probably know it and I don't even remember it. That's even more annoying. No, right when it comes on, you would know. I guarantee it. But but I think this is all to keep like to keep Kyle sober. Essentially, is what's is what's these little these little trickles are. Which is super cool of Jack, and like I yeah. love them together. I think they're at their happiest together. But I, I think this is just like I don't know, maybe something to like keep them occupied. You know, keep them out of possibly. I don't know. That, that's just what it seems like because this is stupid. I don't like this is dumb. Yeah, there was no real. Need it's just for not it. good. Yeah, they made they made a they made a little music video too. It was just them running around shirtless on a beach. But they, we've seen that. We've done that. Yeah, it's over. It's I mean, it was also anymore. kind of making fun of the video. That was the video as well, but. The original video, but uh, I can't. I, dude, you know the song. You know the song. I know you know the song. Like it's just. Oh, I'll listen to it on the break when I go to the bathroom. It was just. Too. It was just a huge '90s hit. Like God, you know that song. I know Ugh. you do. Um, and uh, okay, so yeah, that, that's all. That's all we got for new music. Um, some some things to touch upon here. Adam Willard, uh, formerly of Angels and Airwaves, Rock from the Crypt, Offspring, Against Me. Um, he has now joined Alkaline Trio as their brand new drummer, and that's cool. I mean, it just it's just insane how all these bands are connected. You know, yeah, they're, they're so connected. <laughs> Adam plays with both Tom and Skiba in two separate bands. It's it's just it's fucking it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like incestuous. Like it shouldn't it shouldn't be allowed. It's just but it's so small. good for him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's cool though. Yeah, I, I dig it. I don't really care. I mean, I, we're, we're not huge Alkaline Trio fans or anything, but we like Adam Willard a lot, and yeah. I think it's a good fit. I think so too. He I plays that fit. kind of style really well. He does, and and he's done. He's already he's already worked with Matt Skiba. They put out songs together prior to this like new band that they they started. Um, What's it called again? Like Lefcon or something like that. Yeah, Lefcon. I don't I don't remember now. Yeah. But he but uh, Adam Willard played on like one of his solo one of Skiba's solo, solo records too. So. They've they've collaborated prior to this, but um, that's cool. I don't know. And then one last thing, you you put this on here about Weezer and that one guy from TikTok. So so go explain. <laughs> Weezer's just a band that have always been connected with their fans in a way that most bands just are never, ever, right? From the beginning mm-hmm. of of time, from the beginning of of Weezer, they've always like from Rizzer, Rivers posting on on the Weezer chat message boards under monikers and inviting fans to come out to a bar prior to the Weezer show and then signing autographs and hanging out 
Like, Weezer's always just been very in touch with their fans. And then lately, they did that billboard. Do you ever see that billboard where somebody paid for a billboard mm-hmm. in some state in, a, in the U.S. and it said, like, hey, Weezer, do you like my billboard? And, like, a month later, Weezer bought a billboard down the street that looked at that billboard and says, like, hey, person, we like your billboard from <laughs> Weezer. What like that, the fuck? Yeah. Like, it's just, they do cool shit like yeah, that. Yeah, they, they do that. Yeah, you're right. Well, so it's like guy, the whole the whole thing with Africa, the song, the Africa song. Yeah, just somebody you like know. said, hey, you should do this fucking song. And they did it. And then they did Rosanna first. <laughs> and then they got Toto to do their song. Like, that's yeah. even like, come on. It's clear. So, yeah. it's so, cool. so this, this thing, this, this, this guy on TikTok, which kind of sucks because he posted the same video for 900 days where he's mm-hmm. doing the solo to Buddy Holly. And 900 days, like that's, I was damn right, like two and a half years. Yeah. So it took him two and a half years to get noticed. But eventually Weezer did notice and they play, they had him play the solo to Buddy Holly at one of their shows. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's cool. That's dope. Did like you that. see, did, did you see the one video on there? Like how kind of bootleg the whole thing was? Yeah. It was super like, shoddy. He was just standing up there next to the drum riser. And then Brian had to throw his guitar up at him and he had to catch the guitar, put it on and then nail the solo. And yeah. then he finished out the song. Like it was just, you can just give the guy a guitar and have him walk out. Like what? And that river does really his thing. Weird. He does this thing where, where, where during their shows for this um, this indie indie mega tour, whatever the indie tour is they're doing right now, mm-hmm. Rivers does this thing where, where he answers questions from people in the crowd and whoever their, their roadies are, whoever's doing it, will go into the crowd and ask, usually it's like a younger person, a kid, and they'll ask him a question like, hey, what do you want to ask Rivers? And they'll ask him a question like, hey, Rivers, like what inspired you to play guitar or whatever? And the Rivers will like answer their question. And that's, I know, that's kind of cool. And then post it to their it Instagram. Is cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's nice. It's good marketing for the band too. Do Rivers are like? I mean, not Rivers. Weezer is like the Foo Fighters in like the Vandals, right? Like nobody ever has any fucking except for me about the Foo Fighters. Nobody has ever <laughs> anything negative to say about these bands. Like, True, nobody fucking right. likes Weezer. They put out so much shit too. Like nobody and, ever shit talks them. And if they do, it's just like it's okay. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> it's okay that it's not good. Pass. <laughs> I'll it's check like, out the next one. <laughs> everybody loves fucking Weezer. Yeah, it's so it's so weird. It's so weird. Em. No, 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 no. All right. So is that all we got for this episode? I, yeah, that's it. I said that's all. All right. So thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for the main episode because we're getting into Thrice and uh, the record identity crisis. We're all gonna we're also gonna rank all of the records from worst to best. So uh, yeah, check it out. Keep listening. Tell your friends. Give us five stars. And that's it. That's all. Go up. Oh.